All right, we're back with the outcast going. James and James's honor. Don't want to waste any time because we do have a guest coming up on the other side. Samantha Bunton will join us. Talk some NFL overarching headlines. We'll mix in some Browns as well. But in the meantime, we got to get through this segment, which is, of course, dedicated every single night on Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin to the fan focus. First up, we go to the morning show. Lima and Baskin teaming up on this one as they were talking about the Cavs. They were talking about the Cavs and their chances of being a top three seed in the NBA next year. And I saw this clip yesterday, Andy, and I thought to myself, yeah, I agree. I agree. I've been making the case, and this didn't make Ken feel any better. Uh, We had had this discussion right after the playoffs, and when you started to see the turnover that could have been happening with Boston, with Philadelphia. Now, Milwaukee ended up keeping most everybody, Mm -hmm. uh, but there was thought that maybe they were going to lose either Middleton or Brooke Lopez at the time. They kept them, and so obviously if they stay healthy, we can't forget about the Bucs. If they stay healthy, they'll probably be the favorites to come out of the East. With all that said... I think the Cavs are going to win a bunch of regular season games again. Last year, they won 51. The over-under, I think, is in the neighborhood of 51 for them. Maybe okay. 51 and a half. Okay. I would take the over right now. And I thought about this Over 51? Yeah. I, I, and it's, it's, I guess the risk is, do they take a step back in the regular season to focus more on load management? Do they focus on more experimental Although now stuff that they're with playing, Mobley? Now that they're playing for the NBA Cup in the middle of the season, uh, well, I don't know. I'm worried. I mean, and management not, might be a thing of the past. You're not saying that as a, are you scoffing? Are I'm you, scoff, I don't think that's going to change. I don't think. Look, I think it's okay. You're going to add one more game for two teams. Asking right? scoffing. Yes, and I yeah. I understand why they're doing it, and I get it. But it, really, it's it, it, the the cup thing is is it going to deter? Teams from benching or not playing. Depends on a team. Uh, yeah, if you told me the Cavs were going to win more games than they did last year, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. I also wouldn't be surprised if they finished top three in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they were the four seed last year, so you're expecting marginal improvement, especially with some of the questions about Philly and everything going on there, the James Harden situation, and maybe Embiid once out. The West is the gauntlet, the East. A little bit easier path, and you would expect the Cavs to take some some next steps. But, uh, again, as it has continued to be and as I've continued to say, I don't want to be hyperbolic here and, and make it sound like don't even bother watching the regular season. But we know it's it, the NBA is two different seasons. It's it's two different sports almost you got, when you go between the regular season and the postseason. They can win more games. They could be a three seed. they got to prove it to me in the playoffs before I think that they can take that step. And maybe they do sort of stumble into the... Uh, Eastern Conference Finals, which was part of the clip that he played from ESPN. You also got to remember, though, the Heat are about to get um, Damian Lillard. That's happening at some point. They're, they're getting Damian Lillard. That's another team that maybe jumps you in the standings if you're talking about the Bucks still being relevant, the Celtics still being relevant, and then them. So I don't know how much easier the road really gets for them. And yeah, sure, I'll, I'll give you that they probably win more games, but doing the playoffs. That, that's where I'm at with this team. I got to see it in the playoffs to really believe that they're 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 taking the steps necessary that we expect them to and 
you know that 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 this is that that they're building towards something else other than just more regular season wins. The honeymoon phase is over, is I guess a good way to put it with this team. We move on to Baskin and Phelps. It was really just Phelps and Menigan today. And they had a whole conversation about the, the, the Browns' win total and what it could be at and the pressure on Stefanski, and they responded to in, in an email that they got on the show Chip today. Chip sent me an email. He said, I want nothing more than to be wrong, Jeff, but Browns go 8-9. and nine. Kevin has to Uber home from Cincinnati Week 18. <laughs> oh, don't do this. Chip, thank you. I don't I don't want to have a coach. I don't search. either. I don't either. I want this guy to succeed and I want it to go well because I think he I think he has the opportunity to establish himself as a really good young coach who can become our version of John Harbaugh or Mike Tomlin. That's a lot to ask. But you know, because those guys A are good, B are long time NFL head coaches with one team. That's what I want for our team though. Why are they there for as long as they are? Because they won. And they're successful. Yeah. That's and that's it. all we want. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You just want a successful NFL franchise. Right. And that's you don't that fire is, you don't fire guys who win games. Rarely. Yeah. Unless you're the NBA. Well no, that's a valid point. Yeah. Rarely do you fire guys who win games. Normally Unless it's, it's been a real long time and you decide Andy Reid's voice has worn thin in Philadelphia. Or it's we made it to the first round of the playoffs for three straight years. We can't get over the hump. It's time to get a change of somebody different voice that's in here. Yeah. That's the only time you see coaches get fired who are successful. We're already here. We're already at people predicting when Kevin Stefanski is going to get fired and how he's going to get back to Cleveland afterwards. Uh, but listen, that just goes back to what we talked about at the top of the show. The pressure is on from to the top on down. It doesn't stop at Stefanski. I, I do think Andrew Barry is part of this. Now, I, I think he's probably more likely safe than not. There's even pressure, I think, on the Haslam's who do listen to the outside noise, whether you believe it or not. This organization has to win now. They have to get the job done, and it starts this weekend with training camp opening up at the Greenbrier. But I, I, I get it. Like Nothing says Brown season. Like, people throwing out their predictions of how many weeks the coach gets before they're fired. We're here. We made it. Brown season is officially upon us when you got those vibes in the air. Let's go to the afternoon show. Nick and Dustin talking about the Barbenheimer experience, or I guess the Barbenheimer experience that Nick was trying to have. Into that. Well, Ness was like, wouldn't it be nice? Because, you know... We don't live in a cul-de-sac anymore. In Charlotte, the girls got used to living in a cul-de-sac where if mom and dad are boring you, you could walk down the road and see your buddies. And they don't have that now. So they're missing their friends. So Vanessa thought of a very nice idea, which is why don't we take the girls and a friend for each girl to the movie theater to see Barbie? And I was like, that sounds lovely, thinking that we was Vanessa. It was not. It was me. And Vanessa. And so when I discovered that I was part of the we that was going to see Barbie, I was like, uh, well, I haven't bought my ticket yet. Would it be okay if since Oppenheimer is opening opening this weekend? So what's this Oppenheimer film? Uh, it's about Oppenheimer. Uh, what, what are people calling it? Barbenheimer? <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I was trying to negotiate the Barbenheimer. You get to see Barbie. I will go see Oppenheimer because... 
at the movie theater we go to, they have showings at the exact same time. Ladies, this is your Jedi mind power. Because Vanessa's response was, oh, but you wanted to see Barbie forever. And I was like, and I was like scrolling through the mainframe. Like, at what point have I ever said the words, I would like to see Barbie? I thought it was cute as hell. Like three months ago, we went to see a movie right. and my kids lit up at the Barbie trailer. They thought it was the sweetest thing in the world. And I, so I was, I was very um, awed by their reaction. Right. But that did not end in me saying, I would like to go see Barbie. I've got an out for you. What's that? All right. Warning light comes on in your car. You just call your wife and tell her you got to take it in. Sorry. Uh, take it in and get looked at. See, the sure. problem is, this is actually the real problem is I've used the car excuse before. And oh, why she, not again? And she knows I'm completely full of crap. I love Keith's solution there. I love his out of just saying, ah, you know, uh, check engine lights on. I got to go take the car in today. And then you actually just go to the same. You don't even have to go to the same movie there. Just go to another movie there, watch the movie. But the fact that Nick's already pulled that stunt once, that's the thing. You only get one. You only get to pull that stunt once with the wife, and then they'll figure it out, and they'll get it. They'll be on to you, and that's what he kind of alluded to there. So he can't pull it again. But this would be my setup because I can see. First of all, my wife doesn't really want to see the Bard movie. My wife isn't really a movie person anyway. Like she doesn't want to see either of these movies. I really want to see Oppenheimer. So. And, and Barbie, I want to see it. I would do the Barbenheimer if I could. If we wanted to make it like a family affair. But we have a one-year-old at home. It's a little tougher. Uh, not in the cards for me. At least not in the near future. I'll probably be waiting for both these movies to come out on stream. But if I can squeeze in Oppenheimer at some point, I will. But this is definitely a move I would try to pull if we had like young girls... And they really wanted to go see Barbie, and my wife was like, I'll just bite the bullet and go with them, fine. But you're coming, too. I'd be like, oh, check engine light. And then i guess just actually go see Oppenheimer, because I'd rather see this movie more. Barbie does sound good, though. And let's face it, it's not it's not hard to watch the movie with uh, Margot Robbie in it. Even though there was people trying to convince you that she was ugly on social media. What the hell was that campaign about? Jesus, get a life. All right, let's uh, move along here. Back to the morning show, Lima and Baskin. And Lima with a genius idea, in my opinion, about how to market Cleveland to outsiders and tourists. Put a digital billboard right now in Phoenix and in parts of Texas. Because we know everybody moved out to Texas. Everybody wanted to be a part of the Austin movement, right? right? Joe Rogan told everybody to go out to Austin, so people went out to Austin. Just put a digital billboard every day that has the current temperature... Of what it is. Yeah, like what they do to us. What is it like right Florida now? Florida does that here. What is it right now? Downtown. Say on your computer. I've got 68. 68. 68. And just have it have it do this. Just put this same app that you have on your phone. Have that go on the digital billboards all over Phoenix. 67 degrees. And as it fluctuates throughout the day. And not only that, put the median household price. Your housing price. What it is right now. Do you know what it is in Phoenix? It's $440,000. Do you know what it is in Northeast Ohio? Three hundred. No, the median. Median uh, home value. Oh, uh, uh, It's 175 Just put those two things. And then it's a picture speak. of someone standing, sitting it's, at Edgewater? It's is that speak. what you want? Yeah, or Manor Headlands or Huntington? And it looks beautiful right now. Hey, and maybe you could digitize it, the water and make it look like it's crystal blue? I don't even think you need to. I think that we have the Great Lakes. We have Lake Erie. They don't have it. This is how you turn things around. We have Take water. Take advantage right now. How about that? We, we have, have water, yeah. Water. Anthony Lima, folks, just solved Cleveland's tourist problem. Everybody wants to rip on Cleveland. They say it's the terrible place. 
you know, mistake on the lake, the burning river, all these different things. Well, he just found the solution for you. Hey, all you people who like to rub in our face in the wintertime, like, oh, it's nice, balmy 80 degrees here in Florida today while you're getting snow up there. Well, guess what? You guys are literally melting into the surface, into the core of the earth right now with these temperatures. And I'm hearing water down in like South Florida is like 95 degrees. How is that at all comfortable when you're trying to vacation and go get in the water and go to the beach? Guess what? Here in Cleveland, nice 75 degrees, 70, 60, 65, somewhere in that range every day in the summer. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. They do say that with global warming, Cleveland at some point is going to become like the Florida. Like it's going to become the place where, oh, it's a nice, comforting, warm temperatures, I'm not saying that's good for the earth. I'm just saying at some point, Cleveland will be the place to live because it'll be the place with lakefront property and the nice warm temps in the wintertime that, that you had in Florida. Hopefully, I'm dead and gone by then. Uh, all right, last one real quick here. A very interesting conversation between Nick and Dustin on if you'd rather have the top running back or the top kicker in the NFL. So the highest rated uh, running back on Madden is Nick Chubb, and he is not. He is a 97. And then you look over at the kicker position, and Justin Tucker, who we can all agree is the goat of kickers right now, is a 99. So am am I to believe that in the game of Madden, Justin Tucker is is rated as a better player, I know we're across positions here, than Nick Chubb? Because that, to me, is banana land. Why? Thank you, Dustin, for asking uh, young man. You're welcome, um, sir. Because Nick Chubb, because the best running back is worth more than the best kicker. Yeah, you're nuts. Show your work. So, like, I think Justin Tucker, to me, is different than comparing, like, other kickers mm-hmm. in terms of value. Mm-hmm. I think he may be one of the most valuable players in the entire game. He's that good. He's probably the best kicker we've ever seen. Um, you basically get inside the 40-yard line, you're spotted three points every time. And so many games come down to, you know, seven points or less, close, close games, three points or less, even a lot of games. And I, I would, I would trade for for Justin Tucker, um, or Nick Chubb over Tucker in a heartbeat. What? What? One more time. Throw that back. Ring that. I back would forward. trade Nick Chubb for Justin Tucker in a heartbeat. You would trade the best running back yeah. in the NFL for the best kicker of all time. Yeah, I would. I'm, why are you looking through me like this? Because I'm gobsmacked. I'll explain more later, but I agree with I agree with Dustin. I'm with Dustin. I would do it every time. The kicker is the only position on the field that every time they come out there, every time they're basically lining up to touch the football, they're directly impacting the score of the game. Every single time. I would take the, the greatest kicker of all time over Nick Chubb. Let's take a break. Samantha Bundon joins us next in the fan.